Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Villa Society podcast where we analyse the latest fixtures featuring Aston Villa and discuss the key moments that influence the game. I'm your host Paul James and today we're going to be looking at the 5-1 defeat to Newcastle at St James's Park. So I've had a little bit of a rest this summer with the transfer news coming thick and fast for Aston Villa and many other clubs as well and still going on but I thought I'd have a little bit of a rest because um, there was so much news coming in, so much back and forth with different signings and lots of rumours and, and things like that. I think I just wanted to let it settle a little bit and see how we'd um, gone about our summer transfer business and I kind of predicted before the transfer window kind of opened that Villa would go for maybe three strong players, but like those players who are a little bit of a level above. And uh, we had someone on Twitter saying, oh, I don't think so. Villa are going to go for like five or six players and all this kind of stuff. And we need this position filling in that position. I just didn't see that. I think we did really well last season. And I think we just needed like three more players that were a level above to really kick on, really push on and get into that top six and do well in Europe and have that strength and depth and I think that's what we've tried to do this summer I think we've done really well getting Tillemans on a free I think he's a really really high quality player he's going to add a lot to that midfield he's a he's an extra option there he's going to challenge like Douglas Louise in there and he's also quite versatile as well so he's got genuinely great quality he's got an eye for gold as well so Tillemans on a free was like a no-brainer I think that was a really shrewd signing there for Villa and um, they did that quite early I think and um, got that over the line and, and that really bolstered the squad um, so Tillemans yeah thumbs up to that I think he's going to be a great signing had a lot of uh, other fans saying oh yeah but he down tools at Leicester and he towards the end of the season because they were getting relegated and stuff and he didn't didn't really pull up his socks and kind of try and keep them up but I don't think it's as simple as that I think like if you look at the situation I think behind the scenes maybe contracts maybe stuff behind the scenes going on where some of the players aren't that happy of what was happening at Leicester and um, there's all this kind of stuff that we don't really know about that probably happened and it's reasons why players did didn't particularly perform that well towards the end of the season for Leicester. But now he's at Aston Villa and we've got to get a behind him as a player. I think he's going to add some depth to this squad. And, um, and we've already got a pretty good midfield as it is. So I think Tillemans is really going to bolster that. Uh, moving on to Diaby. And uh, yeah, he's just been pulling up trees in the uh, Bundesliga. Great player, very dynamic, fast, pacey player can play on the wing, can play off the main striker and sometimes plays a striker as well. But this guy's costs a lot of money. He's a quality player and I really think he's going to do a lot in the Premier League for us. He's been great in pre-season and he just seems to have that extra bit of quality where he can finish um, an opportunity. Whereas like sometimes we have other players that don't quite have that kind of knack of having the eye for goal, that like instinct, if if you like, and I think Archer's got that clearly, but Archer doesn't have other skills that maybe Ollie Watkins has, including like the pace and holding up the ball and um, that kind of stuff. So I think Derby has the pace and he has the dribbling ability, he has the shooting um, power and awareness, and I think he's going to be he's going to be a big hit in the Premier League, I think, and he's going to get quite a few goals. So really exciting to see him play more for Villa, and I think um, he's really going to add add. That's something different to the team as well because I think he's just a tricky player, really hard to mark for like a central defender or even a left back or right back. He's he's dropping into the pocket just like behind the front players and he's making it difficult to know 
whether really to pick him up or not. If you're a central defender and he's dropping off a little bit, you don't want to go in there and pick him up because you're leaving a hole in behind. So that's exactly what a player like Diaby will do and he'll drag you out of position and keep you guessing. And it's a real, really useful tool for Villa to have um, going into this season. So I think Diaby is going to be cracking signing for Villa. So very excited about that. And we've got Pau Torres as well. Um, cost a fair bit of money, 30-something million, I think. But he's... He looks like a class player. I think at the moment he's settling in and people saying he's going to have time to settle in and stuff and all this kind of thing. Um, He might not have that time with what's happened in the game, but we'll go on to that in a bit. But he's a quality player. He's a quality passing of the ball player. And he's, he's cool, calm and collected under pressure as well. I think what you'll see from Torres as well, I think you'll see him pushing forward a lot more as a, a defender. He'll push into the opposition's half when we need him to and we need to break down a defence. He'll add that extra man and link the play up. He'll push into the half and he'll play passes and he'll look for the ball and he's quite confident on the ball. Um yeah, he's not the the most strongest defender in the sense of like Tyrone Mings or the traditional kind of centre-back like that, but he he's still tall, can get his head on the ball, but I think he's going to add a lot to our passing game and playing out from the back. So I think he he's a very, very high-quality signing. I think he might take him a little bit of time, but you can already see quality signs from in pre-season games and in this game. You can see the signs are there. He just needs to adjust to the game slightly in the Premier League. We also saw this with Moreno. I know a lot of people on podcasts and on Twitter and stuff were like, Moreno, not sure about this guy. Left back, he's not, he doesn't seem to have the pace. He's not up to speed. He's doing this. But if you watched him, you could see these glimpses of him being able to take on a man and attack and, he, and have the outlet down the left-hand side that you don't get with Dina. Dina can't beat a man. Moreno could beat a man. You could see that early on. You could just see that he needed a, a good four or five games to get up to speed. And yeah, last season, he was one of our probably are one of our best players. Uh, big fan of Moreno, just, just the attacking kind of a outlet there down the left-hand side. It was um, really, really, really useful attacking threat we had there. And we're really not missing him, but like I think it'd be great to have him back as an option. Dinier's going to do a great job. He's very good at crossing, but he's never going to beat his man, gets that byline and pull the ball back. It's um, more likely to be Moreno doing that. So I am looking forward to him coming back. But I think what I'm trying to say is I think Torres... You can see the quality already. I think people are already going, yeah, he's a bit questionable, but he's he's got to adapt and he's got to adapt quick because of the situation we're in. But he's a high quality player. Three very high quality players that have signed here. Really good signs. Everyone was very excited for the season coming because we had, we bolstered our squad with these players. It's not like we've got in like, you know, mid-range players where they're going to come in and fill out the squad. These players are going to take us to the next level. And I thought this was, we were in great shape. Then, I think Wednesday before the season, Buendia's done his ACL. So Buendia, I think he had a big role to play this season. In behind the striker, he looked really, really on form in pre-season, just playing in that pocket when we're transitioning. He'd get the ball, he'd be there in between the midfielder, midfield and the defence, and he'd pick up the ball, and he's the, he's the one who's going to make it happen. He's the one who's going to slide the ball through to Watkins, and he's going to make that killer pass, killer assist. And I think he was just lined up to have a great season. He even looked like he'd bulked up a bit, I think maybe doing weights in the gym. Like a few players bouncing off him. He's, he's quite a small player, but he looked like he'd been working on that um, body strength. And I think this season he would have really pushed on it. So it's a real shame that he's going to be out for a while. And um, <clears throat> yeah, hopefully hopefully won't be as long as it, it, it seems. But yeah, I'm really disappointed because he looks really on form and he looked up for it this season. So it's a shame he adds a real 
cutting edge to us when he comes on. Even if he doesn't start, he can come on and he can add that extra bit of cutting edge that we need to win a game or to get back into a game. So sad to see him go. So that's kind of changed the scenario a little bit because we've bolstered with these three players, but we've also lost a key player in Buendia. I know other, I've spoken to other fans of other teams. They're like, well, it's just Ben, Ren, um, Wendia. He's, um, he comes off the bench, doesn't he? <clears throat> but I don't think that's the case. I think he was um, a big part of Emery's plans. Uh, he's one of those players who has that cutting edge and can change the game. Often he'll, he can do a misplaced pass. He's quite frustrating. Sometimes you just pass in. It's like, he goes to the opposition. You're like pulling your hair out. But what he's trying to do, he's trying to make that, killer assist he's taking that risk sometimes you need to do that and sometimes you need a player who'll do that and I think that was Wendy and we're missing that so I think we need to go back into the market and look for that high quality player in the kind of range of Tillemans, Diaby and Torres and we've got to find that player who's going to fit into that position and can offer that threat I think whether it's coming off the bench at some point and adding that or starting as well I mean we've got Cortina as well but he hasn't really he hasn't really proved um his form essentially he's been injured a lot so I don't think we can rely on him so yeah I think Villa are going to go back into the market and they're looking at a few players I think so hopefully we can get that higher level player and bolster the squad that way um, also going on about transfers I think the situation's changed again we'll go into this later but obviously Mings big loss for Villa big big loss for Villa maybe we've got to do something at centre back there um, so yeah the complexion of this kind of transfer window and the season that was looking really good has changed slightly because of these two long term well what we think are going to be long term injuries to Wendy and Mings so it's looking a little bit different now hopefully we can dip back into the market and get our season back on track it's only one game that we've lost here big defeat to Newcastle but it is only one game and if you look at the game as well it, it kind of, it wasn't a 5-1 scoreline either. So maybe let's get into the game now because we spoke quite a lot about these summer transfers. And um, yeah, it's a changing situation, but that's football. You know, people get injured, players get injured, you've got to adapt. So it's a true test of management and the staff and and Monchi and the transfer policy and stuff like that. So um, let's see what happens. I think in the long term, we're going to be in a good position. It's just a little, little bit of an annoying setback on the on the first first day of the season to lose a key player and to have a player that was going to play a big part in the season go out injured in training as well and out for a long time. So on to the game. So St. James's Park against Newcastle. First home game of the season for Newcastle. Big atmosphere. All the fans up for it. Newcastle were up for it. We knew this was going to happen. We knew Newcastle were going to come out of the blocks flying at home. First home game of the season with the crowd behind them. And I think what I was afraid of in the home game against Newcastle last season where we actually won and it and it took me by surprise and I think it took a lot of Villa fans by surprise how well we played and how much cutting edge we had. So my main fear going into that game at Villa Park was actually just being bullied and bullied off the ball in midfield. I think with Bruno Guimaraes and Joe Linton and you had Tonali in this game. I think they're just like they've got skills but they're also quite big players so they can get in there tackle get it get about them about the place and I think that was my main fear like getting bullied with Douglas Louise and just being a bit uh, and Douglas Louise and Kamara getting out muscled and I think that happened in this game I think they were more up for it they were first to the second ball first to the first ball just getting stuck in and they just looked a little bit sharper as well I think Kamara didn't look fully up to speed to me um there's a few players that had bad games as well but 
they just won that midfield battle and it made a lot of difference like throughout the game they kept winning it we kept trying to play our game and we had some great transitions some great opportunities but I think in the midfield they they dominated and controlled the game and I think that was because of that bullying out muscling us in there I, I think McGinn had an off game as well like usually he gets about the place and and really causes problems but he just didn't look on it today um, there's quite a few players who didn't look on it as well and had off days so it was just a little bit of a bad day at the office, really. I think, like, Cash had a, a torrid time as well with Gordon down the right back as well. He just didn't look up to the pace as well. So we had quite a few players off games. Leon Bailey did okay, but I think a lot of people use him as a scapegoat as well. But, I, I mean, McGinn had a worse game than Leon Bailey, so no one says anything about that. But because Min, Mings is... I'm sorry, Mings, um, McGinn has delivered in the past, potentially, that's why. But... Yeah, there was a few bad games across the park, but I think I, I've rewatched this first half quite recently, and I don't think it's as bad as I remember the first time I watched it live. Um, we started okay. We were playing our game. We were doing okay in places. I think uh, Newcastle were just up for it. They came out of the blocks, and it was just a bit sloppy. The first goal, Gordon was having some success down the left-hand side with um, Cash marking him. He was kind of pulling him all over the place. He got down the wing, and I think Bailey came back to track him, but he doesn't block the cross, doesn't really get anything on there to stop the cross. And I don't know, I think he just needs to make a little bit more effort there to stop the cross, um, as we're taught in Sunday League to stop the cross. I'm pretty sure it's pretty important to stop that going across the box and, and then have an opportunity. But the ball goes in, and Tonali's there. He's, he's a midfielder arriving slightly late, and Kamara's not watched him. He's not tracked him. He's not gone with him. And he's just got a foot on it. He's gone in the back of the net. Dinier's there as well, but... I don't think you can really question him too much. I mean, he's kind of gone and decided to put his body in there a little bit, but not fully committed because he's got a mark at the back post. So he's probably thinking he's not really my man. Uh, and then half-heartedly gone towards it. And by the time he's got there, he scored anyway. So I don't think it's Dinier's fault, but Kamara didn't really pick him up. So um, yeah, he just looked a little bit off the pace as well. So 1-0 to Newcastle and not a great start like early into the game. Um it looked all right though. I think we did okay. We were those kind of playing it out from the back. Some great transitions, um, getting to that final third. I think we were causing them some problems. And the goal we scored was actually pretty good. Um, Douglas Louise did. A, we got into their half and he just did a delightful outside of the boot pass down the left hand side to Digne. And Dinier just whips in a cross. Uh, comes off a defender, I think. And then Ollie Watkins kind of cleverly nods it on as well. And Diaby's just there, kind of level with a penalty spot in a bit of space. He's kind of peeled off from his from the defender. And he's there. And he's it's a half volley, a quite difficult one to do. But this is the quality of Diaby. He's hit that and he's, he's in the back of the net. And it's 1-1 at this stage. I'm thinking, game on. We're in this game. We're doing well. And uh, yeah. And there's some strange decisions in this game. Like, I was watching this on TV and uh, Sky Sports, they showed the offside for this second goal. So there's a free kick and I, I think um, Trippier or someone whips it in. And there's a load of Newcastle players offside, like maybe three of them offside, three or four of them offside. Our line looks pretty good, but then you'll see Cash is like slightly... He's not in line. He's not doing his job. He's not in line with the line. The line needs to be perfect for us to be doing this. And if you got one player out, you're in trouble. And Cash was a little bit out. He was marking Dan Byrne, I think. And he was a little bit like a half a metre away from the line. And the ball's come over. But if you watch the VAR on 
Sky Sports. There's no lines drawn. I haven't seen any lines drawn in this game. It's like, why not? I just watched the uh, Liverpool-Chelsea game or Chelsea-Liverpool game and there's lines being drawn for all these VR, VR offside decisions. So where is it here? I don't know. Someone can answer that for me. I don't know. But even even this opportunity here, if you look at it, Dan Burns blocking Cash off as well. So the ball's gone over. Cash may be playing... Um, the I can't remember who crossed it, but he's playing one of the Newcastle players on, but he's also been blocked from getting back. So it's gone to VAR uh, and they've allowed the goal. It was crossed in and the players pulled it back and Tonali's put it in the back of goal again and he's having a great debut and it's 2-1 to Newcastle. At this stage, the game's flowing and I think Villa is still in it. We're doing quite well. And we're causing a few opportunities. I think Diaby does a lovely little move in the Newcastle half. He gets the ball and he plays it. Uh, I think it's to Douglas Louise. He plays a, a lovely little ball back into the box. And Diaby's actually run and made this run. And it's um, he's made the opportunity. And, and Douglas Louise has done well to pick him out as well. And he's there. He just needs to kind of play it, like bang it, like um, have a have a proper shot across the keeper but he goes strangely for the near post I don't know why I'm guessing he's trying to fool the keeper into thinking he's going to go across goal and then tuck it into that near post but it doesn't work and it's uh it's into the side netting and it's a big big chance I think if he blasted it across goal it would either get take a deflection or he would have gone straight in so big opportunity there for Diaby to be on his second goal but it wasn't to be and uh, yeah, the the game kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit in that first half. Then um, we obviously had the uh, Mings problem. So yeah, the ball's played over the top and Mings is chasing a Newcastle player down and he, he goes over. He looks like he's taking a clip or something off the Newcastle player, but he's rolling around on the floor. And you never know with footballers because they roll around on the floor a lot, but he looked in a lot of pain. Referee doesn't do anything, game plays on and, and Villa have a really good opportunity actually. I think Diaby breaks with the ball across the halfway line and um, he puts in a lovely ball to Watkins. Watkins has an opportunity to shoot within the box and he kind of scuffs it a little bit, doesn't quite get hold of it and he gets past the post. Big opportunity to actually level the score at that stage. But we go back and Mings is still rolling around on the floor in agony. And um, if you look at the replays, he's done something with his knees come down on, I think he was his right leg I think but it, it didn't look great and from his response you know it looks pretty bad so we've missed we've well we lost Mings at that point and we've lost the leader on the pitch we've lost that kind of defender who's going to head the ball he's going to win the ball he's going to be a presence in there and um, Torres has come on straight away into the mix um, to make his Premier League debut and uh, thrown into it really and Mings is going to be a big big loss because I think it was the blend of Mings and Torres that was going to be successful I think that's what Emery had in his mind and now we've lost that kind of presence of that big defender who's going to win the ball and do that and then we've got the ball playing defender in Torres but now we haven't got the Mings so I don't know what we're going to do whether we're going to go into the transfer market and try and resolve that problem or I think at this stage you just don't know and I think I think Emery could solve it in a different way we just don't know what that's going to be sometimes you look at it and you think oh we're in trouble here because we haven't got that player but then the manager finds a solution that you wouldn't expect so let's hold fire on that I don't think it's it's bad it's not great it's not it's a terrible way to start the season, having one of our key players, key influence in our team, out probably for a long time um, and not having a, a, a replacement that can do what he does. Um, Torres is a quality player, but he's not the same player as Mings. 
So we're going to miss Mings, and um, I just hope we can adapt this season. But if you look at, I mean, the scoreline's terrible, 5-1's terrible. But if you look at that first half at 2-1, uh, we played okay without Mings. We played quite well at the back. We were assured at the back. We were doing okay at the back. So looking at that, it gives me a little bit of comfort that we can still play, still be solid, still have a good line, not capitulate in that first half because we held out, we played our football, we did all right. We, we created a few chances as well um, and everything was okay. We were competing at that time. Uh, we went to the second half and Yana goes downhill as soon as 3-1. 3-1, the third goal is the killer goal, really. I mean, it was so annoying because it's a mistake as well. So Konza's got the ball. He's under pressure by Isaac in our own box. And he's tried to roll his foot over the ball, like kind of roll it. And he's he's missed it. And Isaac's just got the the goal side of him. And he's gone with a cheeky little dink over the keeper. And it's 3-1. And at that point, the game's probably gone. So that was the turning point. I think the 5-1's flattering to Newcastle. We kind of capitulated after that. But this mistake was the turning point, really. I think we were doing all right before that. And I think that gives me hope that end of that first half that we will do all right without Mings, but he is a big loss. And from then on, it was like our line was just all over the place. You'd expect that line to be all over the place because these defenders probably haven't practiced it that much. They're not the lineup that we thought we were going to have at the back. So these guys are going to, if we're going to play this high line, we're going to have to be drilled properly with this again, these players. Um, I think it was working quite well with Mings, Konza, um, Digne, and Cash didn't seem to quite have it in this game, but um, I think it was working quite well with the players and having the same players and trying to have the same players every week at the back there and, and having the line and, and it all being working in one kind of unison. And I think it just wasn't the case with new defenders on Torres on and Konza and Douglas, not Douglas Ruiz, um Diego Carlos came on, didn't he? And I just think once you've got new players on there, they're not in sync as much. So it's going to take time to get that. And I think Newcastle just exploited that. They were just, you know, balls in behind. One that looked offside as well, but again, no lines were drawn on the replay, so we couldn't see it. Ridiculous. Um, So yeah, I think that line was just being breached. Newcastle targeted it and they got in another two times. So we had Callum Wilson was in, put in um, into the box, nice ball into the box. Looked offside initially this one as well, but Callum Wilson puts it away. It's not not offside, comes to VAR. Um, and then the final one, Barnes is put through and he's just finished it. Good finish, good player. He was onside and it's 5-1. But yeah, the turning point in this second half is the cons of mistake. And then we were just all a bit up at sea at the back with that line. So hopefully Emery can work his magic and drill this line into these players if we're going to play it or just like maybe have a plan B where we're like we're not playing this high line like I I was worried about it last season but it worked really well but it worked really well because VAR was on point as well and in this game it wasn't really I think we I think we were a little bit harshly treated on a couple of the decisions and not seeing the lines as well drawn I, I don't know I think I think a couple of those offside decisions were a little bit very very close for me and I think if you're going to play this high line and play this system you are relying on VAR at times to to bail you out um yeah so the score line was 5-1 very disappointing but I think it was it wasn't a true kind of 
a true reflection of the game I think once you're at 3-1 and your heads are a little bit down and you've got a, a makeshift defence in as, of sorts that haven't really played together uh, that and you're playing a high line it's going to be breached and it, we were open for you know four, five, six at that point so I think we've still got quality in the team we're looking good on the transition with DRB and, and Tillemans came on didn't do too much but I think DRB, Bailey and DRB did quite well together as well. Watkins was very quiet up front. Um, John McGinn was very quiet as well. I think Douglas Louise played quite well. Kamara didn't have a great game at all. Um, Konza did all right, apart from the mistake. Genie was okay and Cash didn't have a great game. So we had a few off games across the team really, but... There's still quality there and we'll do well this season. Newcastle are not a bad side and they would have been really up for it in this first game. As the season progresses, they'll have Champions League football as well. So they're going to have issues with injuries and tiredness and fitness and all this kind of stuff, which they don't have at the moment. They're coming out of the blocks, blazing, going, we've got Champions League football, we're at home, big roaring full capacity crowd. And they put that performance on and we, we held it together for the first half when we were in the game. It was just a shame that it kind of fell apart with a mistake. And then once you three, one down, you know, they, you've got to go forward and they're going to pick you off. So bad day of the office. We've got work to do in the transfer market as well. So let's hope we can do some good business there. I'd like to see a creative midfielder in the um, kind of mold of Buendia who could um, provide some cutting edge in that final third going forward and really add a little bit of magic when you need it. Um, I think we have, you know, we've got Tillemans in there, which is a good option as well. I think he's got an eye for goal, you know, from from range and stuff like that. So he's an interesting option to have in the squad. So I think we've done well there. I think just these two injuries to Wendy and Mings, I think we just need to go back into the market and buy a couple more high quality players. If they hadn't got injured, I would have been quite happy with these three higher level players and maybe one more. So it hasn't really panned out that way. So now we've got to kind of adjust our strategy a little bit and maybe try and look at what we can do in the position of Wendy and Mings. And it looks like it'll be like a loan to buy kind of option because we don't want to be buying players outright with financial fair play and stuff. And I think like a loan to buy option is a really good idea because, you know, you can have the player for a year, see how he does. And if, if he's doing well, then we can, you know, get him full time, get him in, get him in on a, a transfer. So, it's all good there. So yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's not a great start. It was, but you know, after a, giving it a day and uh, sleeping on it as well, I think we still got quality there. We've got a good team. We've got a good squad. I think we'll have a good season. We just need to regroup a bit, and I think we've got work to do in that with that defensive line and what we're doing with that. And I'm sure Emery will be able to iron it out. It might be a bit a bit um a bit scary to begin with i think using that high line with the new new defenders and back four or back three whatever we're playing but i think eventually we will get it and it will work it might take a little bit of time to kind of click i think but emery knows what he's doing and uh i think we have to trust what he's doing as well so yeah that's about all we got time for today didn't want to take too much of your time after a 5-1 I'm not sure how many people want to listen about a 5-1 listen to information about a 5-1 but um, it wasn't the way we thought the game was going to go but um, you know it's a little bit of a lesson maybe we need a lesson early on in the season it's only one game in we've got plenty of time to go Newcastle a good side uh, Everton 
on Sunday uh, at two o'clock. I'm going to that one. I'm going to sit in the Doug Ellis for some reason this time around. Should be a good game. Um, and yeah, I will do another match review next week, probably on the Tuesday. I like to have a day or two just to digest what's gone on and all that kind of stuff. But hopefully Villa can put in a proper performance and uh, get three points first home game of the season. So until then, thanks for joining me and I'll see you next week. Up the Villa. Thank you.